सहनावतो सहनोहनत सहवीर्यंकरवाहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुम विद्विषावहै ओम शांति 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 ओम पूर्णमद पूर्णमिदं पूर्णात् पूर्णमुदच्यते पूर्णस्य पूर्णमादाय पूर्णमेवावशिष्यते ओम शांति 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 श्रुतिस्मृतिपुराणानाम् आलयं करुणालयं नमामि भगवत्पादं शंकरं लोकशंकरं शंकरं शंकराचार्यं केशवं बादरायणं सूत्रभाष्यकृतौ वन्दे भगवन्तौ पुनः पुनः ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मेति मूर्तिभेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्यात्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः श्रीहरिं परमानंदं उपदेश्टारमीश्वरं व्यापकं सर्वलोकानां कारणं तन्नमाम्यहं अपरोक्षानुभूतिर्वै प्रोच्यते मोक्षसिद्धये सद्भिरेवप्रयत्नेन वीक्षणया मुहुर्मुहुः ಸದೈವಾಸನಾತ್ಯಾಗಹೋಬಾಹ್ಯವೃತ್ತಿಷಯೇಭ್ಯಪರಾವೃತ್ತಿ ಪರಮೋಪರತೆಹಿಸಾಹನಂಸುಖಾಚಾರ್ಯವಾಕ್ಯು ಭಕ್ತಿಶ್ರದ್ಧೇತಿ ವಿಶ್ರದ ಚಿತ್ತೈಕಾಗ್ರ್ಯಂತು ಸಲಕ್ಷ್ಯೇಮಿ ಸ್ಮೃತ ತಿಕ್ಷಾ ಸಾ ಶುಭಾಂಗ್ ದಿಸ್ ತಿಕ್ಷಾ ಆಫ್ ಎಂಡ್ಯೂರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಲ್ ದೈನ್ ಶುಭಸುಖರೂಪಾಮದ conducive to giving happiness titiksha a non reacting mind a non retaliating mind retaliation being our impulsive nature <clears throat> so basically slowly and slowly control the retaliatory nature of the mind not out of helplessness we do not retaliate very often but out of helplessness we want to but we are not able to it's okay that's what it is right now but then by constant practice of this endurance recognizing as you said yesterday 
that it is the pain that I confront is the result of my own prarabdha karma and destiny. And the people and situations only become the instruments in creating situations which will fructify into the experience I am supposed to get by my prarabdha. So if I am hungry, to remain hungry is my prarabdha, maybe fever will come and I won't be able to eat. If feeling insulted is my prarabdha, somebody will insult me, things like that. So those people who do things, which I generally blame them for what they are doing to me, can be relegated to prarabdha or my destiny, my karma. That my karma is doing what is happening to me. Therefore, it is not right for me to blame anybody else or to react to them. In that way, I'll be able to keep free from reacting to the people and situations. <clears throat> and I cannot react to karma because I have performed them in the past. I can't react to myself also, but I don't know when I did it. So the karma becomes, as Pujisam would say, a big shock absorber. The shock that a situation get, creates, when I blame myself or blame others, that's when the shock is created. When the blame is passed down to karma, which is really what it is, there's nobody to blame. At the same time, I have satisfaction that I found the culprit. So my buddhi needs to, you know, come to a conclusion as who has done it, who is responsible. So that I can settle account with whoever is responsible for causing pain to me. But if karma is responsible, and you can call it destiny, or you can call it Ishvara, who is the karma faladata, meaning the the one who dispenses the results of action. <coughs> so it is the desire of karma faladata, the dispenser of the results of action, for this to happen. And I simply need to submit my will to the will of Ishwara. That whatever Ishwara thinks right is right. In that way, that reaction of retaliation, blaming, frustration, helplessness, all of this will be slowly resolved. <clears throat> because sometimes you're helpless when there is pain and I can't retaliate or can't do anything. If you're angry when I can retaliate, I get frustrated when I cannot. And so either angry at myself, angry at somebody, because the mind wants to hold somebody responsible for what is happening to me. If there's somebody is other than me, then that becomes an object of my anger. If somebody is myself, then it becomes a result of frustration. <coughs> there's somebody is for her, then there is no reaction. And this is not make-believe, it's reality. It is Ishwara alone who does everything. But Swami is Ishwara punishing me. So then also a Shraddha comes. That Ishwara never punishes. He never gets angry. He has no grudge. All he can do, all he is capable of doing, is only to favor, to shower his grace. If that is our trust in Ishwara, then the pain also is in some way His grace. <clears throat> so, after all, what is the interpretation of grace? Whatever happens,
Hansi is great. And so leave it for him to decide what is best for me. So he thinks that pain is good for me, all right, I'll accept his judgment. So when all these things are passed down to Ishwara, which is not a make-believe thing, that's a reality. Then everything gets resolved in my mind. <coughs> so that's how Sahanam, endurance is not simply by will. Endurance is by this understanding, <coughs> by resolving. Because by will, if I endure, then the pain, the hurt or resentment remains within me. The resentment builds up, which explores in one way or the other. It hurts me, it damages me. So it's not right to retain resentment as a result of an, a painful experience. Ideally, no reaction of any kind should remain from any experience. It should be closed. Every experience should be closed. Not leaving any trace of resentment, anger, jealousy, or even self-congratulation also. They are all reactions. And what causes the agitations in our mind are all these built all these built-up reactions, let me call them karma, samskara, vasana, what do you want to call them? So at least we can work on avoiding a further build-up of these reactions in our mind. That will give us the leisure of dealing with what has been already built up. So therefore the right attitude is extremely important. Bringing Ishwara in our life in the right way, based on the understanding of Ishwara's role in our life, <coughs> which in all Shraddha, of course, is always a well-wisher, matter of Shraddha. In fact, any conclusion about Ishwara is always Shraddha. Somebody can say that he is cruel and he is this, that also is his own conclusion, based on a limited data that he has. The universe is huge, Ishwara is all-pervading, and everything that happens because of Ishwara. We take one part and conclude, that is cruel, take other part and conclude his kind, etc. So meaning that we are not equipped to arrive at a conclusion about Ishwara. Any conclusion can be defended, any conclusion can be dismissed. Therefore, as far as Ishwara is concerned, our conclusions are based on what the Vedas or scriptures say. So they are the pramanam as far as Ishvara is concerned. Yes Sarvagnya, Sarvavit, Yasesha Mahima Hui. He knows everything in general, he knows everything in particular. All this is the manifest, manifestation of his glory. <coughs> So this nature of Ishvara is revealed by scriptures and that becomes our basis of accepting Ishvara in our life <coughs> or aligning, aligning my conclusion, I align my conclusions with the conclusions of the Shastra of scriptures. <coughs> Someday we will discover that the reality of that. Shraddha is something that ultimately results into knowledge. That's called Shraddha. Shraddha van Lepate Jnanam. Lord Krishna says that the one who possesses abundance of Shraddha gains knowledge. Meaning Shraddha is the stage before knowledge. 
So when we accept Ishvara Vishraddha, then course of time it will become our knowledge. We'll discover that yes, he is indeed nothing but embodiment of grace. He is indeed my well wisher. This will become our own knowledge. The beginning, we accept them in good faith. In course of time, we see it in our own ourselves. <coughs> so really, that is what makes sanam saradukhanam, endurance of pain in a healthy manner becomes possible when Ishwara also is brought into this whole equation. <clears throat> then the second line of the eighth verse, Chitti Kagrindu Sallakshe Samadhanam Itismudam The sixth of the Shatsampatti the sixth-fold inner wealth, Shama is defined, Dhamma, Uparati, Titiksha, Shraddha. The sixth is Samadhana, which is defined in this line, Chittaikagiram Tusallak Samadhanam Itismritam. So what is called Samadhanam Itismritam? What is called Samadhanam? <coughs> Samadhana means Samadhi, really. So the same root is involved. Different suffixes are applied. So with one suffix it becomes Samadhi. Other suffix becomes Samadhanam. Sam plus A plus Dha. That means, what is it? Chittahikagriyam. Chitti Kagri means the single-pointedness of the mind, the single focus of the mind for Vedanta. Yoga Shastra will talk about Aikagriyam as nothing but Samadhi means what we call the, the Savikalpa Samadhi, the absorption of the mind, wherein the slight duality of the meditator meditator remains. In the final state of mind is called Nirodha. Where even that duality also does not remain. That's the Yoga Shastra. <clears throat> but the way Vedanta wants Samadhanam is not absorption of the mind. Because as we say, all these qualifications are in reference to the pursuit of knowledge taking place of knowledge, abidance in knowledge. Therefore, we very much want to be awareful. We do not want to get lost or absorbed, which is a wonderful thing, but still here we want to be awareful. And therefore, single-pointed focus. So where do we need these qualifications, you know, in pursuit of knowledge? How does what is the nature of pursuit of knowledge? Shravanam, Mananam, Vididhyasanam. So an aspirant equipped with this preparation goes to the teacher and submits to the teacher, sits at his feet and listens to the scriptures. Atmavare <coughs> Dashtavya Shrotavya, Mantavya, Nididhyasatavya. So Sai Jarnyoke says to Maitrayi, Maitrayi, Atma Vayera Dashtavya. Atma must be seen, must be known immediately. So call it Drashti or Aparokshanuhuti. It must be known immediately as, as a reality of yourself. That must be done, because then alone there is fulfillment in life, not otherwise. Hey Maitre, only when you see yourself is it truly are. Right now also you see yourself as a jivatma, as a limited being, which is not the true perception of yourself. 
when you see yourself as you are, as a complete being, as the one who is always free, that is when there is going to be a fulfillment, success of fulfillment in life. That's when there will be success in the form of accomplishing what it is that you are seeking in your life. <coughs> so it said, it's an injunction, Atma Vaya Atma must be known. <coughs> Vedanta is not like injunctions anyway. And so they interpret that as, as, as though injunction, etc. But I don't see any, anything wrong in telling somebody, hey, you have to know yourself. They say that there cannot be injunction as far as knowledge is concerned, because knowledge is not determined by will, knowledge is determined by the object. But this is not knowledge, this is instruction. That you have to know. How do you know? Shravanam, Mananam, Nidhyasa. It is a process by which you come to know the self. Primary process is Shravanam. Listening to the unfolding of scriptures from the teacher. I just discussed last night how that is how the false notions keep on dropping when the Shravanam, which is nothing but vichara or deliberation. Because as I said yesterday, the student's mind also is very active at the time of Shravanam. And the mind deliberates side by side upon what the teacher is saying. And also when the teacher says something, gives an insight, then the mind sees what it is that I, my present thinking is, my present conclusion is. If I find that my present conclusion or opinion is not right, then I let it go. That's the process of shedding of ignorance. So Shravanam is, is called Shravanam is listening. Although it means vichara, as the next section will say. It is, vichara means it is the inquiry or investigation or deliberation upon the nature of the self. Of the nature of Brahman. <coughs> so therefore, it's most amazing how the right kind of vichara or deliberation takes place in a given setup. If I do it on my own, then I would have limited my, my present conclusions anyway. Therefore, when I listen to teacher with a given frame of mind which is called Shraddha, which includes an implicit faith, includes reverence, includes devotion, everything, surrender. Then as Swami would say, it is the teacher who operates the mind of the student because now there is a, there is a tuning up. The Shraddha enables the tuning up of my mind with that of the teacher. And teacher as though operates my mind, meaning that he carries out the process of which are in my <coughs> three words. <coughs> so in the student's mind what takes place is a deliberation upon the meaning of these statements of the scriptures. A deliberation upon the self. And that is what brings about knowledge. It's vichara that is the means of knowledge. And that vichara takes place in the mind of the student when that shravanam is taking place as it should. <coughs> and that vichara brings about the knowledge. <coughs> so when we talk of samadhanam or single-pointedness of the mind, Student cannot afford to be absorbed in some place and then, then Shravanam cannot take place. So he must be alert, non-distracted, focused upon what he is listening to. So we, while listening also we do require the mind which enjoys that focus 
He is free from all distractions. So that I am constantly in tune with or constantly with what is being talked to me. That's what you want. So, samadhana means samadhi. That's okay. But for Shravanam, I do not need that kind of samadhi. I need a mind free from all distraction. A mastery over the mind where I can focus my mind where I want to focus. <coughs> this Tikakara interestingly explains Chitta Ikagriyam Tat Eka Jignyasa Ityartha The mind only has just one, one desire for knowledge. So the, this Tikakara explains the word Samadhanam Chitta Ikagriyam single pointedness of the mind as having simply one Jignasa, one desire for knowledge. So student's mind has one desire and that is desire for knowledge. That's all he has. Nothing else is there in the mind. So to be able to command a frame of mind which becomes free from all other agenda. The only agenda that is left is just desire to know. It is with that mind that I am listening. Not desire to do, not something else. No other desire is there, you follow. When the mind becomes free from all other desires and is occupied with one desire and that is the desire to know. So, tat eka jignyasa ityartha brahmani chitta ikagram sallakshya Lakshya means the target. Sallakshya Vasat or Satchit Ananda. Brahman is a target. Brahman is a object of meditation. And thus the student's mind has one target. What is target? Knowing Brahman. He doesn't know Brahman as yet. This is an interesting definition. Chitta ikagriyam. And so how can there be a ekagrata or single pointedness in Brahman when I don't know it, you know? So const- concentrate the mind on the only object that is Brahman. But right now I don't know Brahman. How can I focus my mind on Brahman? So here the Tikagara says, that my mind entertains the only desire to know Brahman. So at this point, Samadhanam or Chitta Ekagrata or concentration of mind is concentration of mind in deliberating upon Brahman, in inquiring into Brahman, meditating upon Brahman. And that happens when the mind is only one agenda to know Brahman. So when I am listening to teacher, with this frame of mind that all I want is knowledge of Brahman, then the mind is focused upon this deliberation about Brahman that are taking place while listening. And that's how the process of Shravan becomes most effective or most fruitful. <clears throat> but ultimately, we are going to need the Chitta Ekagrata, the concentration also upon Brahman. Once knowledge takes place, then also we need the concentration upon Brahman to eliminate all other vrittis, to eliminate, to create identification Brahman. So first is to know Brahman, and second is to create an identification Brahman. Because I may know Brahman when my mind is alert in, in a proper frame. But when I am not attentive, then again, there is all the possibility that my mind may fall back to the old rut of identifying with this body-mind complex. Because that's what has been happening. Since from the time beginning less, 
I take this body as a as myself. That's the primary vasana, by the way. Primary vasana or primary tendency is to take this body-mind complex as I. And all of the vasanas are born of this. So ultimately, we have to make our mind free from even this basic vasana of taking the body-mind sense as myself. For that, the process is creating identification Brahman to become free from the habitual identification with the body, where body includes body, gross and subtle body. The process is to create identification Brahman as myself. And that I can do when I know Brahman as a self. So first step is to know Brahman as myself, which is what takes place in Shravanam Mananam. There I require Samadhan of, in the, in the, of the nature of a total commitment to know Brahman. And when knowledge takes place, then concentration is of the nature of concentrating on Brahman as myself. To create that identification, to become free from the identification with the body. <coughs> Therefore, Chittari Kāgrata is required in both the places. When I am in process of knowing Brahman, Ekāgrata is single focus, single pointed focus upon knowing Brahman. When Brahman is known, then again the focus in identifying with Brahman. <coughs> so that is why Chittari Kāgrata Sallakshya Samādhānam Itisvatam So Sallakshya Laksha is the object of meditation. Laksha means target actually. It's a word that also comes from Upanishads. So, Upanishad talks about an arrow that is placed on the bow. And the Laksha is said to be Brahman. Brahman tal Laksha Muchade. Brahman is called, so when you are shooting the arrow, there must be a target, it's called Lakshya, Brahman the Lakshya Muchare. Brahman is the Lakshya, the target that you have to pierce. Pranavo Nanu Sarohyatma, the Upanishad mantra becomes like a, like a bow, the mind becomes like the arrow, and deliberation upon the mantra of the Upanishad results into the knowledge of oneness with Brahman. So that's how you shoot the arrow and become one. So tal laksha muchyade. So Brahman is called laksha. So that's what is referred here. Sal laksha. So laksha or target comes from the Upanishad. If there is an imagery of an archer who has a bow in his hand, who places an arrow on the bow, and with all, you know, the kind of concentration the archer require, needs in order for the arrow to shoot the target, that kind of concentration one needs for my mind or myself to become, so the arrow of the mind is released at the target of Brahman to become one with Brahman. <coughs> so, this is an imagery given. Same word is Lakshya. Lakshya is what? The target. <coughs> so this is how the six-fold inner wealth is described. Now we come to the fourth qualification. Viveka, Vairagya, Shamadi, Shitka, Sampattihi, Mumukshutva is the fourth one. <coughs> And as we said yesterday, there is a reason why there is a sequence of Viveka, Vairagya, Shamadi, Shetka, Sampattihi, Mumukshutvam. is because each previous one creates a ground for the next one. Meaning that if you have Viveka, Vairagya, Shamadi, Shetka, Sampatti, then Mumukshutvam will arise. So who is the Mumukshu? 
Moksha Vichu, Mukti Vichu. The one who is desired for Moksha is called Mumukshu. So desire for Moksha will arise when we are equipped with Vaiveka, Vairagya and Samadhi Satka Sampatti. <coughs> so then the Mokshutvam, the desire for Moksha is described in the ninth verse. Samsara Bandha Nirmukti Kathamme Syatkada Vidhe Itiya Sudrudha Buddhi Vaktavyasa Mumukshuta Sa Mumukshuta Vaktavya That is called Mumukshuta So what is Mumukshuta? Yearning for final liberation The translation says Mumukshuta Meaning keen desire for moksha is called mumukshuta. And we discuss what is moksha, unconditional freedom. Which is what I always desire anyway. It is not that desire for moksha is something new. Every one of us is born with a desire for freedom. Because nobody wants a life's bondage. Nobody wants dependence. Nobody wants helplessness. Nobody wants to be controlled by somebody else. Nobody wants. So everybody loves freedom. And not only we love freedom, but we want unconditional freedom. Where there are no strings attached to my freedom. <coughs> you are free as long as you do this and don't do that. No. No strings attached. <coughs> That's called moksha. And really that is the only desire that we have behind all the desires. But that fact has to be discovered. The desire behind all desires is desire for moksha. That has to be discovered. And that will be discovered when earlier qualifications take place. When viveka, vairagya, samadhi, shatka, sampatti, when these or as these qualities develop in me, slowly my desire is more and more mature. So what's the most mature desire? The desire for moksha or liberation is the most mature desire. Even though really speaking, that's the only desire I have. It is desire for moksha alone that manifests a variety of desires. I seem to have countless desires. But then if you really look at the root of every desire, we find that every desire has its root in the desire for moksha. <coughs> but that is difficult for me to see as long as my mind is distracted. With this qualification when my mind becomes focused, then I can see very clearly the desire behind all the desires is the desire for moksha. That's what I've been seeking all the time. That's what I realize. And so, samsara bandhinya mukti. I realize that I want nirmukti. Samsara bandha. I want nirmukti. I want freedom from the samsara bandha. The bondage of samsara. So samsara is nanayoni sammandha nivrutti. You see, when we are explaining samsara is the repeated cycle of birth and death. So there is a traditional meaning of the word samsara. What is samsara? Repeated cycle of birth and death. Nanayoni sammandha. Association with different embodiments depending on my karma. Meaning that the samsara shows itself helplessness. That I am obliged to take another person. 
I don't have freedom not to take bus. Even if I want God, please, I don't want to be born again. Take me away. No choice. Even God has no choice. And therefore, helplessly we take one birth after the other. Although we are born with an agenda, the only agenda that we have is moksha. But in most cases the agenda is not recognized anyway. And desire of moksha is manifests as variety of desires and we squander away all our time in fulfilling those desires. And unfortunately, you fulfill more desires and more desires keep on arising. It becomes an endless chase, meaning that it results into nothing, and then I die ultimately, get exhausted and die. With my agenda, unfulfilled agenda. It is unfulfilled agenda that requires me to take another birth. In a situation, it is conducive to fulfill the agenda. So if my agenda, if I understood moksha as being wealthy, depends on how I understand, my understanding of moksha at different moments keeps changing. Sometimes I think being wealthy is liberated, sometimes being powerful is liberated, sometimes I think heaven is liberated. So whatever my concept is at that point, that's what my, becomes my desire. Getting pizza became liberated, that's also moksha desire ultimately, that I want to be pizza. Anything I want. With the hope that that is all I need, then I can just fulfill. So desire is for fulfillment, but as I understand fulfillment, that specific desire will be for some some object or accomplishment in the world because of lack of vivek of, of what I want, lack of a discernment of what exactly I want. And therefore, the agenda remains unfulfilled. So take another birth. But there also do not recognize what it is that you want and squander away that birth also. Agenda is unfulfilled, yet another birth. Thus this process of being born will continue until the real agenda of attainment moksha becomes fulfilled. It's going on from the time beginningless. It can go on forever also. If ignorance does not go, then my abhiveka non-discrimination doesn't go, my misconception does not go, and it is like a child, you know, with a blindfold, and is told that there is a pot full of sweets, here stick in your hand, go and break the pot. So that is the agenda, but he is blindfolded, he is turned around loses the sense of direction and runs in any kind of direction. He is given so many seconds, okay, now try again, try again. So every time he keeps on trying for some goal that he doesn't know where it is. <coughs> but with this Viveka, Vairagya, the mind becomes a discerning mind. becomes an objective mind, a discerning mind, and therefore mind is able to understand things as they are. Mind discerns what it wants. It recognizes that what I am really seeking is moksha and nothing else. So all the desires ultimately reduce to one desire, and that is a desire for moksha. <coughs> Which as we said earlier, for a mature person, the desire for moksha again gets transformed into the desire for knowledge. So what sadhanam, what spiritual means I adopt will depend upon how I understand moksha or the means of moksha. So we find different people doing different things naturally. Everybody wants moksha. But their understanding of what will bring about moksha varies and therefore they do different things. If your understanding is that moksha is an existing fact about me, the Atma is already mukta, already liberated, ever free. So moksha is not something to be achieved. Moksha is to be owned up. 
that I am deprived. The benefit of moksha, not because it is not there, but because I do not know. It is ignorance of myself that deprives me from recognizing the fact that I am already liberated, I am ever liberated. It is ignorance that denies me the benefit of myself. It is ignorance that creates the false notion of bondage. And therefore, it is a dispelling of ignorance that can bring about also the dispelling of the notion of bondage. There is no real bondage. What is really there is liberation. That's the nature of myself. Bondage is a notion that I am bound is not a reality about me. It is the notion. They call it Brahma. They call it delusion. You can call it notion. You can call it false perception. You can call it judgment, opinion, whatever. I am bound. So, when I say that uh, I'm unhappy, I'm sad, I'm this, everywhere, I'm bound, I'm bound. That's what it means. So that I'm bound is not a reality about me. It is a notion born of ignorance. Therefore, just as there is no real bondage, there is no real liberation also. What is meant by a moksha liberation is nothing but the removal of the notion. As the Vedantic teachers always tell us this story, this guru and shishya, a disciple and the teacher, who are living in a forest, in a hut, and the role of the disciple is to learn from the teacher and serve the teacher. And one of the chores that the disciple had to perform was to take the four cows the teacher had take those cows to the forest for grazing every morning, bring them back in the afternoon and then do the remaining chores. So very diligently the disciple was doing that. Every morning, early morning, twist the tail of the cows. So first of all, release the cows from their bond. They were all tied with a rope. Each cow had a rope tied with a post. So release, untie, twist the tongue, I mean twist the tail, and the cow starts moving. One afternoon, when this disciple returns from his chore, after having taken the cows for grazing, brings them back, he discovers that one of the ropes is missing. So he can tie three cows, but the fourth cow he doesn't know how to, what to do. So he goes to the teacher and says, what do I do now? When rope is missing, don't worry, you tie the cow. How can I tie the cow? There's no rope. Don't worry, you do, you tie the cow as you every day do. Carry out the gestures of tying the cow. So poor student did not understand, you know, what the old man is saying, but anyway. <laughs> Fortunately, he was a very obedient person and very, a lot of Shraddha and yeah, and Guru. So he did what the Guru told him to do. The cow is brought to it, the regular spot. And he does the gestures of tying the cow and to his surprise, the cow stayed there every, like every day. He could not trust this. He could not sleep for the whole night. Every half an hour, he would wake and very find the cow still there, still there. It came the morning, the time to take the cows to the forest. The three cows are tied to the rope, are untied, twist the tail, the cow starts walking. This cow is not tied, so you don't have to untie the cow, it is the tail. This cow does not move. So again he thought, this guru has done something. So goes back to guru. So now this cow does not, what, what should I do? Cow does not move, doesn't walk. Did you untie the cow? But I am not tied in the first place. You untie the cow as you tie. So all right. He does gestures of untying the cow. It was utter surprise. Now when he twists the tail, 
the cow starts moving. So Vedanta says that's the nature of bondage. The cow was born and the cow was freed. So what's the nature of freedom of cow? Of the same degree, a category as the nature of bondage. That they were able to, ma- they could manage to create the notion in the cow that I'm tied. And until that notion goes, the cow will not move, and so new notion must be created, I'm untied. Then cow feels free. So even though cow is free, does not feel free on account of the notion that I am tied. So also poor Atma, even though he is free, doesn't enjoy the freedom due to the notion that I am tied, I am bound. I am limited, I am inadequate, I am helpless, I am dependent, etc. So there is no real bondage and therefore no real liberation. Bondage is a notion that I am bound and liberation is a freedom from that notion. <coughs> so notion is always created by ignorance. So the cow not knowing that I am already free, Entertain the notion and tied because of ignorance. Similarly also because of ignorance, the self, I feel that I am bound, I am tied, I am dependent. So it's the knowledge that can only remove the notion born of ignorance. <coughs> Nothing else. You can do whatever you want to with the trakao. You can feed, but still it won't, won't feel untied. You can other than that, just removing that notion, if you don't remove that notion of, from the cow being tied, anything else you do won't work. Come on, eat this nice grass. Oh, today I will do for you. You can do whatever you want. But then, still the, the notion that I am tied will not go. The cause has to go, then effect will go. The notion is caused by ignorance. So ignorance has to go, then only the notion will go. And ignorance can only be dispelled by knowledge. So all these a mature understanding is required on the part of this disciple or aspirant who is now discerned that all bondage is meaning that all bondage is nothing but the notions or kalpana created by ignorance. Svasvarupavodena mokta mitchamu, then Daivara Mumukshuta is by an understanding that it is the knowledge of myself that alone can remove the ignorance of the self and then make me free. <coughs> so therefore all of this is expected, but this will happen. When Viveka, Vairagya, etc. is there, then the mind gains that capacity to discern the things and sees that the bondage is really a notion, product of ignorance, therefore what I need to do is to dispel ignorance. So that's how his mind now focused upon only seeking knowledge and nothing else. No other agenda. <coughs> so that no other agenda is called samadhana, you know, constant agata. But then that desire for freedom should become intense desire. So that is described in this verse. Samsara Mandandir Mukti Katham Meshayat Kadavide He Vidhe Uvidhi. So Vidhi means God, O God, O Lord. And so He Vidhe O Deva, you know, O my Devata or O Ishvara. Yadva Sarvakat. So, vidhi can be Brahma, vidhi can be any Devata, or vidhi also can be Creator. O Creator, O Lord, O Ishwara, <coughs> samsara bandha nirmuktihi, nirmuktihi, the release from the bondage of samsara, katham mesyat, how will it take place, katham mesyat, when will it take place? How do you become free? When will I become free, O Lord? 
పునరపి జననం పునరపి మరణం పునరపి జనని జఠరేశయనం ఏ సంసారే బహుదుస్తారే కృపయాపారే పాయిమురారే ఏ ఆదిశంకర చేదిని భరిగోవిందం సో దీస్ వన్ సెస్ పునరపి అగైన్ బర్ పునరపి జనం బీంగ్ బోర్న్ అగైన్ పునరపి మరణం డైంగ్ అగైన్ పునరపి జనని జఠరేశయనం అండ్ అగైన్స్ lying down in the stomach of the mother which is considered a very painful situation yes samsare bahut this samsara is repeated cycle of birth and death which is like an ocean which has no shore apare which cannot be is impossible to cross krupaya apare pahimare he murari o lord please save me please protect me so here also this is a an urge a prayer you know to lord o lord kada katham samsaramanna nirmuktihi nirmukti in the liberation the freedom from the bondage of samsara when will it happen how will it happen when will it happen itiya sudrada buddhihi this sudrada buddhi this firm desire you know buddhi means of course the understanding but then this firm understanding the firm desire vaktavya samukshada so that is called mumukshada so the burning desire is called mumukshada in short the burning desire for moksha which is at the exclusion of every other desire the mind is free from all the desires except one and that is the desire for moksha so this is also the fourth qualification desire is called a qualification see desire is not something that we can will so viveka we can will viveka vairagya samadhi shatka sampatti all of this we can will to create tranquility in the mind to have discipline over myself to have endurance all of this involves my will but a desire does not involve will because i cannot will a desire a desire to arise on, on its own how can desire be called a qualification see qualification is something that i cultivate so you can expect me to cultivate tranquility of the mind you can expect me to cultivate dhamma or discipline of the sense organs you can expect me to have stetiksha endurance because to do that is 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 is, is for me it is will based but what desire will arise in my mind i cannot will we cannot control what will be next thought in our mind we cannot control what will be the next desire in my mind so where i cannot do something how can i say that's what you should do cultivating qualification this is what you should do you must cultivate viveka okay sir vairagya yes samadeshika sam okay but you must also cultivate mumuksha how can you cultivate so a desire for mumuksha is stored all i can do is what cultivate so desire always is determined by a given disposition of mind in tamasic mind certain kind of desire will arise in rajasic mind different kind of desire will arise in sattvic mind different kind of desire will arise so desire for knowledge will arise only in a sattvic mind desire for pleasure will automatically arise in a rajasic mind desire for hurting somebody in a tamasic mind desire for knowledge will arise in sattvic meaning that i do not have the will to create the desire but i can create a given disposition of mind which is conducive for that desire to arise so that is this viveka vairagya samadhi shatka sampatti creates a disposition of mind wherein the desire for moksha arises <coughs> until then you know until you keep on working vairagyam cha mumukshutvam 
తీవ్రం వ్యస్తతో విద్యతి వివేక చూడామని శ్రేష్ఠ వైరాగ్య ముముక్షుత్వమస్వి తీవ్ర తస్మినేవర్తమంతస్యు ఫలవంత వివేక and mukshita being result of samadhishtaka sampatti you know that you have viveka when you are vairagya when the effect is there the cause must be there so vairagya the effect cause is viveka how do you know we have viveka when there is vairagya the mumuksha is the effect samadhishtaka sampatti is the cause so when do you know your samadhishtaka sampatti when you mumuksha so mumukshutvam వైరాగ్యం చ మోక్షత్వం తీవ్రం వ్యస్తత విద్యతే సో వైరాగ్య మోక్ష ఎగ్జిస్ట్ యునోటీ దిస్కషన్స్ next one but see the vedantic teachers or texts always talk about qualification for the knowledge to take place you need a given disposition of mind i you can call it so purity of the mind or the mind equipped with this fourfold qualification sat bireva that's why the teacher said you know who is the sat pur is saint so this saintly person who possesses this quality is a saintly person whether knowledge is there or not if you have this then you are a saint already and then to become wise person not a very you know it's not far away and there were vikshaniya mahurmuhu sadbireva prayatnena so this anuprokshanavodi you should dwell upon again and again with a mind which enjoy this qualification <coughs> but this is a qualification although vedantai selvi pramanam vedanta nama upanishad pramanam vedanti selvi pramanam for knowledge just as eyes are pramanam all the valid means of knowledge for revealing color colors and forms the ears are pramanam for knowing the sound similarly vedanta is said to be pramanam for knowledge meaning that those words of vedanta should create knowledge in you then only can be called pramanam eyes should create in us knowledge of color and form then only eyes can be called pramanam the ears should create knowledge of the sounds in us similarly for vedanta we call pramanam you should create knowledge which is tattvamasi then should i should know tattvamasi but that doesn't always happen so even though the pramanam or the valid means of knowledge you know vedanta is operated by the teacher still the knowledge does not necessarily take place in the student Does it mean that Vedanta is not a Pramanam? You open the eyes, the object is here, the eyes are open, there is a contact with the eyes and the object, and then the perception of this object should take place without any effort. Perception does not require your will, it takes place. So knowledge also does not require will, it should take place. So when the Pramanam is operated, the object of knowledge is there when its contact between the two the knowledge should take place what is pramanam here tattvamasi that the word is there atma is there and still knowledge doesn't necessarily take place that means that 
either Vedanta is not Pramana or something is required over and above Vedanta. What is required? The purity of the mind. <coughs> so Vedanta becomes Pramana when it is operated by the teacher, when the student possesses the purity of mind, it is called the fourfold qualification. <coughs> so that is why this is necessary. That Vedanta is Pramana when accompanied with the purity of mind. Otherwise, Vedanta will do this Pramana and say, you are operating Vedanta, you are taught, you are telling them, teaching them, knowledge doesn't take place. That means, you know, what you are saying is not right. He says, no, what Vedanta says is right. But for us to know what it says, we also need to cultivate this qualification. Athato Brahma Jignasa. That Brahma Jignasa, Brahma Vicharaha, the deliberation of Brahman must be carried out. Athar, thereafter. Thereafter what? After the fourfold qualifications have been achieved or acquired. Then when we carry out the Vichara upon the Shastra, that's when the knowledge takes place. So, the Vedantic teachers always make it a point. The student's participation is equally important. In terms of the preparation of mind is very important. <coughs> okay. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachare Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishare Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantao Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyomavadhyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shantishantishantihi Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om